Thank you for choosing Miniaturist of Baptist Church podcast. We hope you benefit from this message. If you'd like to learn more about Miniaturist of Baptist Church, please visit our website at miniaturistachurch.org. Uh, the four verses or the four phrases from the verse this this is Christ the King next week whom shepherds guard and angels sing the week after that haste haste to bring him laud and then Christmas Eve the babe the son of Mary if you have a bulletin you can take a peek at the back this past week I read a Dr. David Jeremiah uh, devotional and he said it way better than I could have so I copied Uh, the paragraphs there on the back of your bulletin. This is what Dr. David Jeremiah said. Jesus came to this world knowing that it would cost him. His body bore the marks of evil that we deserve. Inside his sinless soul, he bore the weight of sin so that we could be forgiven. His manly frame bore the hurt and the pain of injustice that we might be understood. He became a man so that God would become touchable and approachable and reachable. That's called the atonement. The mystery of the ages that will be fully answered one day in heaven, and really it is a mystery, is incomprehensible to our infinite mind. But it can be answered in one word, love. The love of God reached its consummation in the person of Jesus Christ, who became a man. As God, he is able to forgive our sins and save us. As man, he died to make it possible. From Dr. David Jeremiah this past week in his devotion. We celebrate Christmas year after year after year after year. Some of you have been doing it a number of years. But often we forget the tremendous mystery of God becoming a man. It's called the incarnation. God becoming flesh. And it was done, as I shared, for our atonement. The word atonement means to bring us back into a right relationship with God. Touchable, approachable, and reachable. So we are going to ask a couple of questions here. The first one is this. What did Jesus Christ, the King, that's our message, this this is Christ the King, what did Jesus Christ the King give up to come to earth? Well, in one word, everything. Everything. Jesus gave up his ultimate supremacy. That word supremacy means highest in rank and authority. With Jesus, there is nothing better. The supremacy of Christ is recorded in a couple of Bible books, Colossians and Hebrews. Take your Bible and turn to Colossians chapter 1, and we'll read these verses together, and then we will jump over to Hebrews chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1, verses... 15 through 20 talk about the supremacy of Christ. And uh, in your Bible it might say as a heading above verse 15 of Colossians 1, the supremacy of Christ. This is what it says. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn or the most important 
over all creation. For by him all things were created. You think, wait a minute, I thought God the Father created all things. No. God the Son was a part of that. By him all things were created. Things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things were created by him and for him. The supremacy of Christ. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that everything he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him. And through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. talks about the supremacy of Christ. Over in Hebrews chapter 1 and verses 1 through 4, the author of the Hebrews book says the same thing. Verse 1, Hebrews 1, In the past God spoke to our forefathers through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days He has spoken to us by His Son, whom He appointed heir of all things, and through whom He made the universe. The Son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. After he had provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. So he became as superior to the angels as the name he has inherited is superior to theirs. What did Jesus Christ, the king give up to come to earth, to be born, everything. Picture this. God put His infinite power, His infinite existence, His infinite glory, His infinite authority, His superior supremacy, none better than Him, into the womb of a small girl and through the birth canal of Mary was born in a stable in Bethlehem to her betrothed husband whose name was Joseph. I mean, talk about amazing. I mean, I don't even see a smile on your face. That, that's like really amazing, mysterious work of God. John 1, 1 and John 1, 14 says the eternal word, Jesus, became flesh. And I love the way it says it in the Message Bible. The word became flesh and moved into the neighborhood. I just love that. I, I, I love the way that sounds. The mystery of the ages, the infinite Christ, came to pay the price of our infinite sin. In order to perfectly atone... For our infinite offense, sin, before a perfect God, an infinite sacrifice must be given. Jesus took the sins of the world in six hours on a cross because he is the infinite God 
and had the capacity to pay the infinite price. Now, that was, I, in the last five minutes, I don't know how many times I said infinite, but that is who our Savior is. This, this is Christ the King. The second question is this, what did Jesus Christ the King become when he came to earth? Well, Philippians tells us the answer to that question. Take your Bible and turn to Philippians chapter 2. These are verses that you've heard a number of times. Philippians 2. What did Jesus Christ the King, this, this is Christ the King, what did Jesus Christ the King become when he came to earth? Well, Philippians chapter 2, verse 6 and following tells us, who, being in very nature God, that's the supremacy of Christ that we talked about, did not consider equality with God something he had to grasp, something he had to hold on to, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. He made himself nothing. That word in the Greek is called kenosis. Kenosis. Jesus, and it means emptied. Jesus emptied himself of all of those infinities that we mentioned, his glory, his power, his authority, his importance, and made himself nothing. And we're going to look at four things that he became. First is this, taking the very nature of a bondservant, or you might just write the word servant. Jesus took, it said, made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant. The Greek word for servant is dolos. It means slave. Jesus took off the robes of majesty and put on an apron of a slave. Mark 10.45, Jesus did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life a ransom for many. A slave becomes subservient to his master. In Jesus' case, he became subservient to the will of his father. Remember in the garden, Jesus prayed, hey, if there's any way that this cup can be taken from me, may it be. And then he said, as a servant, yet not my will, but thine be done. Jesus left heaven and took the very nature of a servant. The next thing he did was being made in the likeness of men. In his becoming flesh, Jesus associated with sinful men. Even though Jesus was perfect and infinite, he became finite in the body of a man. He was God-man. And talk about a mystery that's hard to understand. He was 100% God and 100% man at the same time. He took the form of a human being. I remember when I was a kid, we had a youth uh, speaker come. And he said that when he was a young child, he was out in a field. And they were bulldozing this field, getting ready to make some homes. And he noticed this giant ant mound. 
And the bulldozer was coming right toward the ant mound. And the bulldozer was just going to destroy the ant mound. And he kept thinking to himself, I don't want all those ants to die. I don't really like ants, but I really don't want them to die as a young kid. And so he, he, he says, he remembers being a young child, and he remembers talking to the ants, saying, Hey, guys, there's a bulldozer coming. You've got you to gotta move. you got to get out of here. And, 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 and he's watching their, those ants, and they're just doing the same thing they always did. And so he, he starts yelling at them, Ants, get out of the way, get out of the way. And he realizes it's not making any difference. And so even as a young child, he thought to himself, You know what? The only way I can make a difference for those ants if, is if I become an ant. And then if I become an ant, I can tell them when I become an ant that there's a bulldozer coming and they better get out of here. Jesus became an ant. I mean, when you think about that, Jesus, the supremacy of Jesus Christ became an ant. And that's just, again, that's just the plain mystery of the incarnation. The third point, being made in the appearance of a man. Not only was he in the likeness of a man, and these are kind of the same, but he was also in the appearance of a man. Jesus looked like just a regular guy. He looked like a regular guy on the inside and on the outside. Jesus became hungry. Jesus became thirsty. As a carpenter, I'm sure he hit his finger with a hammer. And then it swelled up, and it probably got one of those uh, blisters on the inside there, and it was ugly. He became tired, the Bible says. He grieved. He cried. He got angry. He put on his sandals one foot at a time, just like you and me. You know, we got that Christmas carol, and you ought not to believe it. The cattle are lowing, the baby awakes. What does it say? But little Lord Jesus, no crying he makes. Baloney. <laughs> Baloney. Of course he cried. Of course he... Crying is the mechanism infants use to call mom. You know, dad, you're done now. <laughs> An infant cries because he needs his... He or she needs his mom. Jesus was born a human being, being made in the likeness of men, being made in the appearance of a man. This, this is Christ the King. And then point number four, our scripture says, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Jesus humbled himself as a man. He was born in a very humble stable. He grew up a very humble worker as a carpenter. He was obedient to his family, to his parents. And he was obedient to his heavenly father all the way to the cross. Jesus humbled himself at his birth. And Jesus, of course, humbled himself at his death, dying a painful, shameful, humiliating death on a cross. All the while absorbing the ultimate wrath of his eternal father. Augustine, in 400 A.D., has this quote about the incarnation of Christ. You've got to listen real careful. The maker of man became man. That he, the ruler of the stars, 
might be nourished at the breast. That he, the bread, might be hungry. That he, the fountain, might thirst. That he, the light, might sleep. That he, the way, might be wearied by the journey. That he, the truth, might be accused by false witnesses. That he, the judge of the living and the dead, might be brought to trial by a corrupt mortal judge. That he, justice itself, might be condemned by the unjust. That he, discipline itself, might be scourged with whips. That he, the foundation, might be suspended upon a cross. That he, courage personified, might be weakened. That he, security, might be wounded. That he, the very life itself, might die. To endure these and similar indignities for us, to free us unworthy creatures. Wow. Now, we really need a number five, and I didn't give you one, but if you continue to read in Philippians, if we had another number here, another point, we would see in chapter 2 of Philippians verse 9, after Jesus became obedient to death, even death on a cross, look at verse 9, therefore, therefore, because of that, therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name that the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Amen? Amen. God descended to die, but after God the Father was pleased, he raised Jesus from the dead, that's Easter, and then he ascended Jesus back to his infinite, supreme place in heaven, at the right hand of God the Father. Hallelujah, what a Savior. Hallelujah, what a Savior. Let's say that again together. Hallelujah, what a Savior. Say it again. Hallelujah, what a Savior. There's a quote there at the bottom of your bulletin. You were placed on earth to know God. Everything else is secondary. You were placed on earth to know God. Everything else is sec secondary. We are created to bow to Jesus. It says, on earth, in heaven, under the earth. Well, the angels do that right now in heaven. We do that as Christ followers on earth. And where it says under the earth, that's talking about hell. Don't think for a moment that people in hell don't see Jesus as Lord. Hell is the eternal place for those who reject Jesus while they are still alive. So you remember that uh, Fram auto commercial? You can pay me now or pay me later. All right? Better to confess now and for eternity in heaven than to confess him in bitterness and remorse forever in hell. This, this is Christ the King. I hope you know him as your Savior. Let's bow for prayer.
Thank you for listening to our podcast. Minnetrista Baptist Church is a community of Christ followers who value preaching and teaching scripture, biblical obedience, community, prayer, and evangelism. If you'd like to learn more about Minnetrista Baptist Church, please visit our website at minnetristachurch.org and come by for a Sunday morning service. We'd love to meet you.